Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. More candidates are throwing their hats in the ring as the 2024 presidential election approaches. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Just last week, Ron DeSantis announced his candidacy for president. He joins a growing list of candidates vying for the Republican nomination. As the 2024 election shapes up, WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times and the Center for Effective Government were launching the Democracy Solutions Project. Over the next 18 months, we'll discuss some of the threats to democracy in the U.S., as well as ways that we can strengthen democracy. Now, today on the podcast, we talk to someone who's made it his mission to strengthen one of the foundations of a strong democracy, civic engagement. Eric Liu is the co-founder and CEO of Citizen University. That's a nonprofit working to, quote, build a culture of powerful, responsible citizenship across the country. He's also an author of multiple books, including his latest, Become America, Civic Sermons on Love, Responsibility and Democracy. So, Eric, how would you characterize the state of democracy in the country in 2023? I mean, some worry that it's fragile at this moment, but there's still a lot to be proud of, right? I, I think you captured it exactly right. It is a, it is definitely a both and. Um, there are uh, cracks in the foundation um, and there are people working to renovate. And it's all happening at the same time. And, uh, um, you know, and I think uh, or to use a different approach of a metaphor, you know, there are a lot of uh, challenges uh, in our kind of democratic culture right now um, that feel like they're coming from places distant from us and forces greater than us. Um, and at the same time, there are so many people rooted in place and in community in places like Chicago who are just trying to be part of the solution and trying to fix Um, whether it's a specific form of uh, engagement, uh, transparency of government, uh, ways to be heard, ways to mobilize and organize people who've been cut out of the process. Um, And I think, you know, the the question for our time is whether this bottom-up renewal uh, can keep pace with the, in some ways, top-down corrosion and erosion of the the system itself. You've also said that it it is a legitimate question whether this particular form of democracy that we have here in the U.S., whether it deserves to survive. Well, look, I think one of the things we have to keep in perspective is that as hard as things are right now, um, they are meant to be hard. We are doing something that hasn't yet been done in human history. We are trying to create the planet's first mass multiracial democratic republic. And no other society has tried to hit all those marks at the same time and that includes the United States. Uh, for as much as we've professed, um, you know, our faith in democracy and the centrality of our constitutional republic as a way of governing ourselves, um, it's only been in our lifetimes that this country has tried, both on paper and to an extent in social norms, uh, to actually make that mean yes, uh, justice for all. Yes, actually, all all of us are created equal. And and even during our lifetimes, that's been fitful and. Uh, non-linear and sometimes two steps backward with each one forward. And so I think we are putting to the test the question of whether this is possible. And, you know, I think the, those who are, you know, losing faith uh, in our system, losing faith in participation at all, um, my my plea is to say, don't give up yet. I think we're, uh, we determine by whether we choose to show up right now, whether in fact this is possible. And if we just decide preemptively 
that, you know what, this game is too rigged. There's no point. Nothing ever changes. Then we just make it so. Uh, and I think that would be uh, a shame on any, under any circumstance, but especially right now when with all the changes in our society, with mm -hmm. this surge of bottom-up power, we actually have a chance to deliver on a promise that's never been kept. So earlier on the show, we were rattling through some of the threats to democracy in our country. Everything from political divisions, we talked about misinformation, um, how institutions like the Supreme Court are structured. Mm -hmm. How do you think more civic engagement can help? Well, a lot of those threats you just described, and they are real um, and are what I would call structural threats, um, you know, gerrymandering and um, the ways in which our voting systems uh, cut most people out of the process because they are 50% plus one first past the post systems rather than, you know, ranked choice voting or other kinds of systems that might include many more people and incentivize politicians to speak to many more people. But as important as those kinds of structural reforms are, structural changes like let's put uh, term limits on the Supreme Court so that you don't have the stakes that you have right now um, with every decision uh, and, and the other issues that that institution is facing. As important as structure is, our view at Citizen University and my view just personally is that culture precedes structure. Culture, by which I mean the norms, the values, the habits, the mindsets, the heart sets of how we deal with each other every day, culture is upstream of policy. It, it, if you have a culture that is selfish, short-term, cynical, um, you know, skeptical of the purposes of engagement, mistrustful of others, um, you know, then you're going to have very narrow uh, parameters and very little room to make structural reform or change mm. things. But if you have a culture in which people decide, you know what, showing up isn't for suckers, showing up matters. If you have a culture where people think about contribution before consumption and stewardship rather than just taking and service before self, um, then your room for structural change opens up. And so I think civic engagement is not just a matter of, hey, go to your local you know, city council meeting or school board meeting. Civic engagement is a deeper cultural question of, do we see each other as having our fates entwined? Do we show up for each other in all the ways that precede elections and precede structural change? Um, and the more we can foster that kind of culture, I think the better shot we have at having structural solutions to the problems that plague our, our democracy. So if someone out there listening to us right now, Eric, if they want to take steps to ramp up their own personal civic engagement, where do you suggest they start? I think they start literally where they are, um, in their neighborhood, in their community, in their part of Chicago. Um, number one, just think about your place. Um, yes, there's all kinds of things on fire in national politics. And, you know, as we head toward the 2024 election, there's a lot of things that you can just doom scroll on social media or just plop yourself in front of cable news and, and get all anxious about. But if you look around and ask, well, what's going on in Hyde Park? What's going on in the back of the yards? What's going on in the loop? What's going on um, in you know one neighborhood or another? Um, then ask yourself, okay, do I understand the map of power in my neighborhood? Who decides things? And I don't mean just who's my alderman or you know who, who serves on, who represents me on the school board. I mean literally, who are the people with clout? Those could be mm. business people. Those could be elders who everybody turns to on the block because they're the ones who have moral authority. Um, they could be young people yeah. uh, who really uh, shape the vibe and the, and, and the norms of, uh, of your It's the time of the community. influencer right now. It is. you yeah. know. And I think tuning in to who has power in your community and your neighborhood and then asking yourself, how do I draw myself into that map of power? 
right? And to me, the simplest way to do that is to join something. I don't want to make civic engagement seem like some huge mountain to climb. Join a club. Join a club. I don't even care if it's civic or political. Join a gardening club. Join a book club. Join a neighborhood club. Whatever it is, the simple act of joining and rebuilding this atrophied muscle of association, negotiation, dealing with people who are unlike you in some ways, but have come together for some common purpose and have to figure out a common agenda and mm -hmm. common goals. Those are all the muscles that have disappeared in American life. And you can't just fix this from the top down with a new president or a new proposal or a new piece of legislation. If we don't have that kind of Tocquevillian um, habits of the heart uh, yeah. of dealing with each other in human scale, um, then nothing's going to last. So, what if they take your advice and they, you know, they line up with these folks that you've you've outlined or join clubs, but they're still having trouble figuring out which issues to align with? Right? I've heard yeah. from folks that there are so many pressing issues right now. I can't yeah. choose one. I don't know where to spend my energy fighting for change. What do you say well, to folks trying to figure that out? I would say the, the the silver lining in the fact that there are 100 issues that are urgent and 100 crises that you could plug into. Um, yes, I get that that kind of scope of options and choice can, can freeze you in place. Uh, but the, the upside of it is literally pick anything and you'll be useful. Pick one and just decide, you know what, this doesn't have to be my life's work and my commitment for the next three decades or four decades to to work on issue X, uh, if it's gentrification or if it's homelessness or if it's police, um, you know, uh, community relations or whatever it might be. Um, but just decide, I'm going to pick this issue for the next six, nine, 12 months, and I'm going to get smart on it. I'm going to figure out who works on it. I'm going to join with others to, who want to learn about it. Um, and if over the course of those six, nine, 12 months, you decide, you know what, this is great. This issue is, you know, giving me great focus and I'm passionate about it, then wonderful. But you may also decide after that period of time that, um, okay, I've learned a lot about how to learn a lot on a single civic issue, mm -hmm. but this one isn't my issue. Now I'll pivot to a different one, right? I think to me, um, the, the, the idea that there are too many to choose from, I don't know where to choose, um, I think we can simply bypass by saying pick anything and then just commit to it for a stretch of time so that that becomes the way that, again, you practice, you build muscle. And demo you know, democratic self-government participation in our system is a matter of practice. It's not a one and done. It's not like you flip a switch or cast a ballot and right. call yourself uh, civically capable. This is just like any form of practice, whether it's sports, whether it's medicine, whether it's uh, you know art or dance or whatever. You've mm -hmm. got to keep on showing up and, and figuring out what you're good at and what you want to get better at. Let's talk about your latest book from 2019. It's called Become America, Civic Sermons on Love, Responsibility, and Democracy. Give us a bit more about that and explain what is a civic sermon? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, the backdrop for why I call the pieces of this book civic sermons is that uh, for years now, Citizen Uni University has been catalyzing these gatherings around the country called Civic Saturday. And Civic Saturdays are essentially a civic analog to a faith gathering. It's not church or synagogue or mosque, but on purpose, it has the arc and the flow and the feel of that kind of gathering, but it's about civic life and it's about recommitment to yeah. um, our lives as Americans. And so when you come to a Civic Saturday, which all happen in different communities, small towns, rural places, big cities, uh, they're happening all over the United States at any given day or any given weekend, um, we invite people just to show up with strangers, turn to the people next to them and talk about 
questions that blow past small talk, like, who have you let down lately? What are you afraid of in your community? Mm. Um, who are you responsible for that kind of open up the heart, right? And then there are readings of texts that are drawn from different parts of the American tradition, some known and some not so well known, that you might think of as civic scripture. Mm. Someone gives a civic sermon that helps make sense of these times and tie together the things that people are feeling, the pain, the fear, the loss, the anxiety that it pervades our, our civic life and our culture right now, and connect that to just what you and I were talking about, Sasha. What's a way that we can do something about that? What are ways that we could join together? Right. Here in our community, in our place, what are some concrete channels where we can show up together and decide we're going to do something, right? And so- yeah, you, you, you've been... said you've said civic, it's not civic engagement that we need. You've said it's rather civic religion, right? More of so of a, a change of heart, a change Absolutely. of habits. And and we mean this in a very serious sense. We don't mean religion in the sense of a godly organized religion, but rather the recognition that democracy is a faith fueled endeavor. Faith not in a deity, but faith in each other and in the possibility that this system that we've got, this experiment that we've been that we've inherited could actually work. And as I often say, democracy works only if enough of us believe democracy works. Mm. It's it's that evanescent in a way, right? In some ways, it's a little bit like money. When, when, uh, when in times of crisis, you suddenly realize that this rectangular green piece of paper that has the number five or 20 or 10 on it um, only means something to the extent that millions of us simultaneously invest it with meaning. And the minute that that mutual millionfold agreement to invest that piece of paper with meaning evaporates, then you have a financial crisis, then you have hyperinflation, then you have, you know, the kinds of uh, crises that you see around the world. But we're yeah. having that kind of crisis around our um, rectangular piece of paper that's parchment, and that's the Constitution, right? And I think we've got to actually rekindle faith in each other in the system by showing up regularly to practice it. And so this book, Become America, captures some of the civic sermons that uh, I delivered over the last few years mm -hmm. at civic Saturday gatherings around the country. Well, I mean, I could talk to you about so much more, Eric, but <laughs> I, I want to, I, I want to, I would be remiss if I didn't point out just the sheer sense of discouragement right now, just across the board. A lot of folks are discouraged about the state of our politics, the future of this country. You are so optimistic. I just want to know what you would, what you would say to folks right now feeling down. How do you stay so positive? Leave us with something, some inspiration. Go talk to a young person. That's my, my simplest advice. You know, I think about the young people who are involved in the Mikva Challenge uh, in Chicago, which you, you know well, yes. an organization that is activating high school students uh, uh, to learn civics by doing civics, by actually showing up and putting into practice these ideas. And they are coming from neighborhoods where, and communities where they have every reason to be down, every reason to be cynical and skeptical uh, that the system could ever be responsive to them. And yet they're showing up, figuring out how to change things uh, in their ward, how to change things in their neighborhood, yeah. uh, and how to find their voice, literally, by learning public speaking and advocacy and so forth. And when you see the kind of energy and hopefulness, mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I say it's hope, not optimism, because yeah. hope actually implies agency, right? They, they are feeling agency. And young people like that just give me fuel and fire. Talk to a young person. That's Eric Liu, author and CEO of Citizen University. Thank you so much. Sasha, it's been great to be with you. Thank you. The 
This episode of Reset was produced by Dan Tucker, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Stephanie Kim. Stay up to date on all the big stories happening in our city and across the country by subscribing to our podcast. And when you do, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that more listeners can find our show. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Let's talk again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.